Well, good afternoon. It is a Monday. This is our rollback week, and we are live back in the studios in Kennesaw, Georgia, at the office of Youth Today magazine. We are just coming back from the National PTA Convention in Cincinnati, Ohio, and it has been an amazing week for watchdogs. We've got a lot going on. There's just so much to talk about today. It's almost like I feel like we need to extend the program to an hour rather than uh, 30 minutes here. But we are at the Center for Sustained Journalism at Kennesaw State University. If you want to know what's going on in youth today, go to youthtoday.org. I'm going to bring on my great friend and co-host at the Mothership in Springdale, Arkansas, Mr. Chris Dannenauer. Chris, how are you doing? I'm good, Keith. How is How are you? I hear you like to surf. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. Mike Hall got us into that from Strong Fathers, Strong Families. We had the Father Engagement Challenge. Yeah, I kind of I was able to hang ten a little bit longer than everybody else, but uh, Brian Deming from All Pro Dads is telling me that uh, he wants a rematch, so uh, we're going to call it a draw for now. But it was a lot of fun; it really was. Well, good. Hey, Chris, just wanted to you know we mentioned your wife. I hope everything is doing good with Audria. Uh, yes, uh, we're we're now home from the hospital, and she can just get some rest and, and take her medications. Hopefully she'll be uh, up and going come this weekend. So thank you for the prayers and concerns, and I appreciate. Everyone's thoughts and prayers uh, this past uh, week while uh, she's been well, in the hospital. And we're, and we're glad that, that she's doing much better. I also want to bring in my another great friend of mine, our executive director, Eric Snow, who is calling to us from the great state of Kansas. Eric, how you doing? Absolutely. I'm fine, Keith. You're doing well. Good to talk to you guys. Hi, Chris. How are you doing, man? Hey, Eric. How are you, bud? I'm good. I'm good. I'll see you guys down there tomorrow. Looking forward to returning to the watchdog office. I've been traveling a lot, and, of course, they remind me all the time they do just as well when I'm not there, but I think they mean that in a joking way, a loving way yeah. anyway. But. Oh, a loving way, absolutely, I, absolutely. Uh, I say that, yeah, I say that too. In all seriousness, we've got a great staff in that office, and you know, I'll just tell you with with, with Chris and Shelley and Denise and Gloria and Frank, they do know their jobs, and you know, they do just as well when I'm not there. But I'm looking forward to seeing them. Just haven't seen them in a while. Good deal. Well, we have a lot to talk about with coming out of the National PTA Convention and uh, and some of the great folks that we have uh, have talked to, met, networked with out there and throughout the country. But I want to get to our uh, very special guest. Joining us today from his office in Atlanta is the Georgia State Superintendent of Schools, Dr. John Barge. And I would like to welcome Dr. Barge to Watch Dogs Radio. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you? Uh, we're doing great. We've had a great week. I've got uh, our Executive Director, Eric Snow, on the line and also our Senior Program Developer, uh, Chris Dannenauer. Uh, one's in Kansas, one's in Springdale, Arkansas, and of course I'm up here at Kennesaw State. So I know the weather's fine, getting a little bit of a uh, little bit of rain, but that's just uh, springtime, summertime. Doctor Barge, just uh, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I know you've got a, a, a very busy schedule, and of course our program runs nationally, so not everybody may be as familiar with uh, you as I might be. So, uh, so if you would, could you give us a little bit of background and what what, what your position is? I am the uh, state school superintendent uh, superintendent in Georgia. So uh, that particular position oversees 
uh, K-12 education for the state. Uh, we have over 2,300 schools in the state of Georgia serve approximately 1.7 million children. It's an elected position in Georgia. Um, different states handle the, the chief state school officer differently. Some are appointed some, uh, by governors, some are appointed by state boards, some are elected. It actually falls out to be about a third, a third, and a third. But uh, myself personally, before being elected, I'm, I'm a lifetime career educator, so I've served as a high school teacher and uh, assistant principal and principal and curriculum director for a school district and a uh, curriculum director at the state level prior to being elected as state school superintendent. So that's it in a nutshell. Wow, that's that's a pretty impressive resume. And, of course, the the, uh, the one very important job that I know that you have that uh, that we look at first is your dad. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yes. Uh, in fact, if you uh, read my bio, it is the most important job that I have is being a husband and a father. My daughter is uh, just uh, the most important thing to me. Uh, she is uh, 17 years old and uh, entering her senior year of high school. And We spent the weekend trying to determine her schedule for, ne- for next year. She's going to go ahead and take some of her high school classes in college next year, and so that's exciting that uh, – She's going to go ahead and branch out there. But, you know, I really I don't think there is a, a single uh, – I don't think there's a more important job than being a parent. And, um, you know, having grown up in a situation uh, where uh, my dad was uh, a really severe alcoholic and uh, there were lots of things, uh, lots of missed opportunities, and he died when I was uh, young of, from uh, cirrhosis. And, uh, mm. you know, and I, and I really uh, think that um, I was able to use that uh, to become a better dad myself, you know, and, exactly. and being elected state school superintendent, you know, the one thing that I said when, you know, four years from now, because my daughter was a freshman when I started is, you know, I don't want my child looking back on these four years and saying, you know, my dad was, was never here. He was too busy. So mm-hmm. she's very active, and uh, I attend every rodeo she she uh, uh, is in that I, that I can get to and uh, go to her lessons with her that I can get to and, uh, it's uh, it's extremely important to be involved uh, with my daughter, and, and as it is for any parent, it's it's you know we can't the school can never replace a parent ever. Absolutely. So, so what uh, what parents do at home is critically important. Absolutely, and of course, what our our function in, in with our organization is not only having them involved at home, but having them know what's going on in the school and to be able to participate and, and support the school. And I, I don't know how much background you, you've had to be able to uh, look at our organization, but we are um, very serious about parent involvement in the schools, and that's what uh, actually caused me to reach out to you, Dr. Barge, was uh, I had seen an article that was actually typed by one of your Facebook posts where you made some statements about parent involvement in education. So we're very interested in that, and we're interested in supporting you in that. You know, we have 72 schools here that are running the Watchdogs program. There are eight more that have had the training and that are about to launch the program with this school year. So I guess my question to you is I, I know you can't, um, can't really endorse any particular program, but with our partnerships with PTA and All Pro Dads and Strong Fathers, Strong Families, could you give us any advice on how to better reach into the schools, how to get the confidence of the administrators and the faculty to say, you know, these aren't strangers. These are people that have an inherent interest in what goes on in the school. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, I will endorse any program uh, (laughs) that is encouraging parents to be involved with their children. Well, thank you. It's it's the single most important thing that I think that uh, parents can do. And quite honestly, I think our schools are are open to that. There are a number of uh, things that um, 
that we have in place uh, uh, when it comes to accountability that uh, for our school districts that really focuses on school climate. And um, mm-hmm. in fact, this uh, I guess last year we began our first. Uh, we were we've just done we've just made our year two awards, but we have created a um, a family friendly partnership award for schools. Beautiful. And uh, we actually have you know opportunities for schools to be recognized for what they do to engage parents. And and we're actually making a big distinction between involvement and engagement. Th- those are two different things. You can be involved but not engaged. And, exactly. And we, we want parents engaged. We want them working with us. We want them working with our schools, with our teachers. It's not just a matter of did you do your homework, you know. That's involvement at, at one level, but, but engagement goes that next level. You know, well, let's look at your homework. Let's see what you did. You know, let's let's see how we can help, you know, and, and how can we get it better and that type of thing. So we will certainly uh, promote your program, and there are, there are other programs out there. Yes. yes. Um, awesome. And, and that is great. Let me, uh, let me turn the mic over to our executive director, Eric Snow. Eric, do you have any uh, any questions for Dr. Barge? Well, I do, Dr. Barge. First of all, thank you for making uh, time in what I know is a very busy schedule. It means a lot to us that you'll take the time to, to come on, on the show and, and share your expertise and talk about your daughter. And I, I heard the rodeo uh, mentioned there. Is she a, what does she do? Is she a barrel racer? Uh, she barrel races, uh, does pole bending, and goat tying. <laughs> oh my goodness! Did you get her involved in that? Is that a family uh, a hobby or a pastime, or did she uh, discover that on her own? No, she discovered that on her own. Uh, both my wife and I grew up uh, in in uh, suburban, urban city environments, and but we were both uh, country at heart, and we wound up raising her in the country, and she just fell in love with horses at an early age, and she discovered it on her own. I tell you, I grew up, uh, of course, I'm from Arkansas. I was born in Springdale and lived there for 37 years, so grew up in that wonderful state and, and uh, went to a lot of play days. Uh, uh, you know, the rodeos that they'll have at somebody's uh, event where uh, you, you go in, everybody has a, a pot they put in, you know, uh, and, and divide that up. And I never row. I mean, I, I can ride, but I never owned a horse. But I love being in that environment and love that competition. And it's so great to hear that. So, so you spend a lot of time with a horse trailer running up and down the highway, probably. Oh, Lord, yes. In fact, I just bought a new trailer <laughs> over the weekend. And right now I'm trying to find a truck that'll pull that new trailer. <laughs> <laughs> It is a cascading series of events, and then you're gonna yeah. then you're gonna look at your horse and go, maybe we need another horse. We got a you know a trailer that'll carry no, you now. Yeah, so. we, we certainly qualify <laughs> for that terminology, horse poor. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, I I greeted you earlier whenever Keith was in a business but I had I'm so smart I had my phone on mute and I decided to not interrupt once the thing got flowing. So I did say hello, but then I realized I, I it didn't go out. But you know we do we started this program in 1998 in one school in my kids' school. You know whenever my kids now who are uh, 21 and 23 and and well into their education, our daughter's getting ready to graduate with her uh, undergrad next May. Our son's graduated from professional school, but they were just little bit. And we had a wonderful principal in our school that that really uh, supported, you know, parental involvement and a superintendent, Dr. Rollins, that if it had not have been for his support and encouragement, this thing never would have gotten off the ground. And he made sure that we did it right and he made sure that we included input from the educators and made sure that we had our hearts in the right place, that we would ask these guys to come in and, and with the idea of being helpful and right. to make themselves available. And right. So anyway, thank you, because obviously hearing what you say from the very top of 
the educational system, you know, in your beautiful state of Georgia. That means so much to those principals and educators down line. And so that's why, you know, things are going so well and, and parents are showing up at school because they know they're wanted. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, it's and where we can help our, our principals and leaders, too, is that many times they, they want parents to be involved and, and they will go through all of the, the steps to get parents there, but... I think you may have even alluded to this. There, there are times when we get them there, but then we don't know quite what to do with them once they're there. We don't have a strategy. We don't have a plan uh, for 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 real engagement. Yeah, I mean, you may get them there, mm-hmm. and, and they want to be involved in more than just you know stapling papers. Does that make sense? Right. Exactly. Yes, it exactly. does. Absolutely. And that and that's what we see in our program is you know when the guys are in the classrooms working with the kids. They understand when they walk down the hallway and they get that, you know, see that face light up and get that high five. That's, you know, that's right. the beauty of it is when we're able to give them that structure, all they have to do is open that box and they're ready to go. Right. Um, so Absolutely. many of our schools are, are just, you know, show pre- appreciative of that. And, of course, yeah. as Eric will tell you, you know, we developed this, you know, with the teachers uh, behind us. Super. There's something that I was thinking about. Keith and I were talking beforehand, and, and we want to be respectful of your time, Dr. Barnes. We, you give us the sign when you need to go on. I'm sure you probably didn't have the whole half hour uh, available for us. But I do want to ask you one question. Uh, what's the biggest challenge that you would see, and, and maybe it can't be you know, put like that exactly, but what is one of the biggest challenges that you would see in the school district uh, as a common challenge that parents, specifically men, could help the educators address? Is there something that you can think of that, you know, once we're there that we really should be focusing on, whether that's taking something home with us and, and messaging, you know, education to the kids? or So what would be the biggest thing you see right now, and how could we help with that? Oh, my goodness. Is that a fair mm-hmm. question? That's a big, oh, that's an yeah. Over- <laughs> Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's a fair question. You know, I think when you look at the research about why kids drop out of school, you know, we have a, a, over a million kids a year in the U.S. that drop out of our high schools without a diploma. Wow. Mm-hmm. And many of them drop out because they struggle academically, but an overwhelming uh, majority that, you know, they say they drop out because they find high school unrelentingly boring and irrelevant to what they want to do. So what we strive to do here in Georgia is is helping the relevance piece. You know, where is what they're learning in school important? How is it related to what they want to do? So um, how could parents help with that is is understanding and relating to students the value of education. Many times uh, when we have communities where districts where uh, high school graduation rate is is less than than what we would hope for it's because there's a culture within the community that doesn't see the value of education themselves and so when the community can come together when parents can come together and say uh, to their children along with the school this is really important you know, there are, you know, the world is different than it was when I was in school. You know, I maybe I didn't finish school and maybe I do have a, a you know, I was able to find a job, but the world is a different place and, and the opportunities are so few for you to be successful without this diploma and, and, and be players with the teachers and the school leaders in this in this strategy uh, of, of getting kids across that stage and earning that high school diploma. Uh, because in today's society, with, without that diploma, they, their options are few, if any. And so, right. um, so being engaged from that perspective and helping children see the value and, and the power of education, 
that that would really be helpful. Absolutely, great. that is great. Yeah, good advice. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, uh, one of the things I had, uh, I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to spend some time with outgoing Georgia PTA President Donna Kosicki yesterday, and uh, we were having the conversation. I said, you know, I'm talking to Dr. Barge tomorrow. What are what are some of the things that um, that you can help me in, in what are our challenges in the state of Georgia right now? And, of course, the one thing, the buzzword we hear is the implementation of Common Core Standards. And I guess as far as, and, and I know this is a lot of uh, a lot of work that you've been doing, Dr. Barge, maybe if, if I could get you to step out of that, that presentation mode and talk to the guys. You know, we're guys. Let's talk in guy talk. What is Common Core in, in a few words mean to us as dads and how can we support and understand what that all means? The Common Core is a set of standards that um, educational leaders uh, across the country have agreed. These are the these are the big picture ideas. These are the big concepts that we can all agree that kids need to know and be able to do when they finish these courses in math and English. So it's Standards are not the curriculum. We don't mandate curriculum in Georgia. Uh, we don't have a state-approved uh, curriculum. Uh, we adopt standards, and then we we uh, we may develop resources and curriculum uh, that we put out there for our schools to use, but we don't mandate that they use it. Most of them do because they know that it's aligned, but many will produce their own uh, uh, curriculum within their local school districts to teach those standards by. So. The standards are simply those big ideas, those big picture things that uh, we've all agreed need to happen. There may be some uh, some debate out there whether those standards are appropriately placed uh, as far as grade level. Uh, mm-hmm. There may be debate on um, did they include everything that they should have included, and 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 that debate and that discussion is good to have. I don't think anybody could look at any one of those standards and say it's not a good idea for kids to know this. Is it placed appropriately, and have we left some things out maybe? Uh, let's let's certainly discuss those, and that's what we're going to do in Georgia is um, okay. give our teachers the idea, uh, let the teachers give us the feedback. We've just you know finished year one of teaching the Common Core Standards, and we're going to get feedback from them. Did it go well? Did, are there things that we need to, to shift around or change? Uh, and, and based on teacher feedback, if we need to change those things, then we'll make those recommendations. So, uh, hmm. But on the whole, I, you know, I don't really think that um, it's anything for to be uh, majorly concerned about. Um, I think okay. that the standards are rigorous. Um, um, I think that there is a lot of misinformation uh, about the core that has gotten some folks um, – pretty stirred up um, right but you know quite honestly there's some things coming out of Washington too that that don't help with, with the with the perception that this is a federal government uh, takeover of education when you start tying standard adoption to you know certain things and you know this uh, reauthorization of ESEA I think Senator Harkins put a bill out there last uh, couple of weeks uh, that mandates that states adopt the common core well you know mm. that that gives it a you know a, a feel of federal at that point and then that's what certainly. folks are afraid of and, and I certainly uh, would agree with them on that so certainly so I guess the message to to dad so the guys out here would be you know don't panic learn as much as you can about it and, and and ask questions of the people who know rather than somebody who may just be going off the cuff and right. uh, and just have an idea and and most importantly support your educators support your 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 teachers support your principal if you have questions you know don't talk out in the community make an appointment and go in and say help me understand 
You know, yeah, don't be afraid yeah. to step into the school. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you said that. Uh, a lot of folks don't do that. They just read the emails, they read the blogs, and then they go off uh, and 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 start spreading uh, misinformation without really going to sources and without going to educators and teachers and and asking those questions. And and so I appreciate you um, uh, saying that. Exactly. Well, I, I and that's one of the things that I talk about all the time is that in in my communication, in my being involved with the PTA, my being involved with Watchdogs, I have a personal relationship with the principal, with the, the teachers in the school. So rather than, than having questions faster, I can pick up the phone. I can go in and sit down with our middle school principal. I can sit down with our elementary school principal and say, you know, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Um, you know, explain this to me. Help me understand. And, and that's what we really kind of want to get out to right. uh, to parents, regardless if you're involved in the Watchdogs program or not, um, is the fact that you know you've got to you've got to step out and have these personal relationships. You know, we feel that the watchdog relationship gets the guys in the building and gives the principal a one-on-one relationship with that person that day, and you have a different person every day of the school year. It it gives that person the comfort to you know even if it's something as little as being the one to drive their kid to school and drop them off in carline, um, right, right, up to and including being on you know being on the PTA board. So, so I guess that's uh, that's some some great information there. As far as our listenership, uh, even nationwide, Doctor Barge, is there anything uh, you'd like to brag about Georgia? Tell us uh, what we've got going on in Georgia. Anything new on the horizon for this school year? Well, how much time do you have? <laughs> There's all kinds five of minutes, good information about Georgia. <laughs> thirty-five seconds. Well. Uh, we, we are certainly uh, headed in the right direction. We are, we're certainly not where we want to be, uh, but uh, when we look back over um, uh, last uh, 2012 school year, we've we've just finished 2013, so a lot of our data is not in yet for 2013. But um, back uh, going back to 2012, uh, Georgia was the only state in the entire nation. Um, that saw gains in student achievement on every national test that's administered in every state across wow. the country. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for example, the SAT, you know, while SAT national average dropped two points, Georgia's went up seven. Um, so, you know, we, we ranked 12th in the nation in the percentage of our high school kids passing advanced placement exams and earning high school credit. Our African-American students actually ranked second in the nation in the percentage of uh, passing AP exams. So. A lot of good things that are going on. Are, are we where we need to be? Ultimately, we don't have the graduation rate that we need, uh, that we would like to see. Uh, Georgia is an incredibly diverse state. Uh, poverty is a really big issue in our state. We have, um, uh, I think, now over well over 60% of our 1.7 million children that uh, participate in the free and reduced lunch program. Poverty is not an excuse, but it certainly uh, is a um, presents a, a different challenge that teachers need to have different strategies uh, for teaching to because it's it's in some cases it's just a heavier lift to get students to where they need to be when they come with a set of circumstances that are, that are difficult for them to deal with so sure. um, so yeah I think we, I think the, what well, I was just going to say you know what we look at and the demographic that we're trying to change is given fathers the 
opportunity to step back into their child's life to realize how important it is to be a part of that education because we know that when a when a child doesn't have a positive male role model, a father figure in their life, they're more than twice as likely to be poor. They're, they're more than twice as likely to be uh, suspended or expelled. They're more right. than twice as likely to be having sex and more than seven times likely for a young lady to become pregnant. So right. that's our push. We're trying to we're, – we're working your end there, <laughs> Dr. Boyd. Uh, listen, I, I appreciate it because, I mean, that's stuff that, that – um, I mean – uh, while individual teachers may try to f- uh, fill some of those roles as far as being able to provide guidance and direction, uh, it cannot replace a dad. It just can't. Right, and uh, and then for those situations where there's there's not only not going to be there someone there, you know, we've seen so many situations where a, a someone coming in inadvertently just being there for their kid. They're a positive male role model for the kid that doesn't have somebody that's going to be coming in or they're going to be, you know, uh, we've got, you know, if we had more time later, I'd tell you a ton of stories about uh, connections that have been made and and positive things that have happened. So, and and I'm sure Eric's got probably twice as many as I do. Well, Dr. Dr. thank you so much for making the time for us again, and we really do appreciate it and and all the work that you do and your leadership and and the focus that you're putting on uh, parental involvement. Uh, And then also just the example that, that you're, sending for the other kids and, and the parents of being the kind of father you are and making that a priority. Uh, it just shows that, you know, even with a very busy schedule and with lots going on, uh, we can carve out that time for our kids, and, and we'll never be sorry when we do that. Right. And do you have just another minute that I could put out just one other piece? Sure, go right ahead. Just encourage uh, parents of the role that they can fill, even if it's not their own children, to the point that you made. Uh, my wife and I raised two of my nephews uh, for about five years when they were very young, um, and and we personally saw the impact that that caring and loving um, support at home had on children who were significantly behind in school. That yeah. with with that kind of involvement within two years, the youngest one had uh, when we got the youngest one, he was four. He didn't even start speaking till he was three because of just a lot of the traumatic things that he went through. But by the end of the second grade, he was the top reader in his class. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, wow. And and so I want to encourage the adults that it doesn't matter. If you see a need, if you see a child that needs that, and you can help fulfill that role, uh, it makes all the difference in the world for a lot of our kids. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Well, once again, thank you so much, uh, Dr. John Barge, Superintendent of Schools for the State of Georgia, for your time in joining us uh, here on Watchdogs Radio. It's been a great, uh, great little uh, venture here, and we thank you so much. All right, thank you, Dr. Barge. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, folks, we'll be back on Tuesday next week. You can uh, join us on Tuesday at one thirty Eastern, twelve thirty Central, and we look forward to it. Once again, just remember, the only schools that don't have a watchdogs program are the ones that don't know enough about us. See you next week.